0: How are you guys doing? Good. Good. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I am very excited to be to have this platform, and I'm going to share towards the end of the presentation why that is, okay? Before I start, I'm going to start with a really quick story. Um, one of the things that I love to do is I'm an avid runner, and I showed up to a Tuesday night running group, and there was a new guy in the group that showed up. And Usually, I like to befriend the new people because they don't really know anyone. His name was Charlie Rocket. What a great name for a runner, and he was fast. And we just hit it off, and I asked Charlie, I said, will you help me to become faster? We got together after that, and one of the times I asked him if he liked to hike at all, and he said, yeah. So I invited him to go hiking with me and my friends. The thing is, he had moved from Japan. His wife was still living in Japan. He's, uh, he, he is, he's not Japanese, but he was here on business, and so because of that, he didn't have a car. And so because we were hiking right after church, I told him, I will be happy to pick you up, but we're going right after church. I said, would you be interested in going to church with me? And to my surprise, he agreed to go to church. So I drove down early, picked him up. He came to church, he's got a great personality, just got along with everyone, we had a wonderful time hiking. Not too long after, he sent me this email. It says, a dear and wonderful friend of mine who's not even in the church recommended that I confess to you the depression that I can't work through. Now, I'm only gonna share with you snippets of the email. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this, the suicide helpline guy was a disaster. Can I confide in, confide in you without being judged? I feel your church and you might be the only ones that I can confide in. But I don't know where to turn except the church. Your congregation even for one day helped keep me alive. I'm sorry to unload this on you because you wanted a running buddy and have inherited a suicide. See, what he doesn't know is that he thinks I inherited a suicide. What I got was an amazing opportunity to share with him how he could inherit eternal life <laughs> my friend had sunk into an all-time low i came by the motel that he was staying at he had checked himself into a motel and he was drinking himself to death took him to my house that night we had prayer meeting we just happened to have prayer meeting at a sister church i invited him to go he wanted to go at the prayer meeting he wept we prayed over him the next day i believe he came to church with me and during that day started having bible studies the purpose of why I'm sharing this story is twofold: is First, I want to illustrate the power of friendship evangelism, and second, the power to connect with people over a hobby, a passion, or something that you share in common. And that is what, in essence, what F5 is all about. It's building bridges. Our internal logo, and we say that because we don't publicly broadcast this, is Fitness for Witness. Now, I was asked to share how F5 got started. and I'm going to share this real briefly. Previous to F5, probably about in 2009, Pastor Ivor Myers, most of you probably know who he is, at GYC, he had just shared with me the idea of starting a conference on how to study the Bible. Now, if you know Pastor Ivor, he is a visionary man. I'm more of a behind-the-scenes, let's make it happen. So we worked together, and that's how Army Bible Camp got started. Well, it was, about, it was in the spring of 2016, Pastor Ron Dupre, many of you may know him, he's a pastor, theologian, and accomplished runner, he calls me out of the blue. And he goes, how would you like to run the Grand Canyon from rim to rim to rim, a 48-mile run, as a fundraiser for my church? And I thought, that sounds totally miserable and amazing (laughs) all at the same time. But I'm like, I would have to train at least four months for a 48-mile run. And I'm thinking, for the two of us to run through the desert all through the night? And I thought, you know what? I want to invite more people to come join this. Do you know why? Because misery loves company. (laughs) And so. I just started asking friends. I asked a friend, she goes, I've always wanted to go to Craig Canyon. She goes, I'm coming. I started asking other people, one of my friends, Ellen in the back, she goes, you know what, we'll have to get in shape for this. And I loved it because I'm very enthusiastic about fitness and the idea that it would motivate people. Other people wanted to join. I realized very quickly that people want an adventure. People want face-to-face interaction. People want to be challenged. And all of a sudden I had an epiphany. I was like, we need to turn this into an actual event. Now, keep in mind, for years, I've been organizing these army Bible camp conferences. And so we're like, let's have an event. I shared it with Pastor Ron Dupre, he loved the idea. Then I called Sapria and she was on board. So what we did is we set up a Facebook group, we set up a website, most of it was word of mouth, and started sharing. We're inviting people to come, not to run 48 miles, okay, that's really for a few select people who are into that kind of thing, but to come and have an adventure, maybe hike a part of the canyon, maybe do a longer hike, but come and fellowship together with us. Now, as we started sharing this, I happened at the same running group, or no, it was a different running group. I run into a friend of mine I hadn't seen for years. We had been on a mission trip together. It was run by a a, not an Adventist group, and we had gone to North Korea together. I hadn't seen her. I run into her, and she goes, I'm training because she's going to be backpacking in Mont Blanc in Europe. And I told her, well, I'm training for the Grand Canyon. And I told her, we're going hiking in a couple weeks. You want to come with us? And she goes, sure. So here, she's going to come hiking with my church friends. I let my church friends know that she is not Adventist. It's important to do that. reasons I'll talk about later. She had a great time on the second day of our hike. She's asking a lot of questions about what we believe, and when I dropped her off at her car, she goes, I'd like to take you up on your offer for Bible studies. Two people emailed me that summer, one who was also from my running group, and this is what the email said, or the message online. I'm not religious. Can I come? And it hit me. We have to capitalize on this thing. We have something where people that are not religious actually want to come to our event, Now, obviously, they're not coming because they want to come for the the spiritual food, but they want to come because of where we're going and the challenges that we're putting on. And I realized we had something here. Now, five months later, about 110 people showed up at the Grand Canyon. Eight people attempted the rim-to-rim-to-rim 48 miles, of which six people made it. These are the six. (laughs) Thirty people did the one-way rim-to-rim 24-mile hike, 23.9. And then a bunch of people did the 18-mile down to the river and back up. A lot of people did the 12, and some did the 6-mile. So there was something for everyone, for all levels. If you're a couch potato, there's something for you. If you want something of an Ironman-level challenge, there's something for you. As soon as we were done, people said, we want more. We also had Ed Keys from the conference come, give an inspirational message, Pastor Ron. And basically, it was kind of like coming to a weekend conference. Now. I want to share with you what makes F5 different. Because I had been with Army for so many years and had put on conferences, I wanted to do things very different. So I'm going to highlight just a few of those things. One is we wanted to gear the event to be friendly to non-Advinist and non-religious people. Yes, I can bring non-Advinist people to Army Bible camp, but it's not really ideal. Maybe if I have been studying the Bible with him, GYC, sure you can, but some of those messages are not geared. They're geared for our own people, just like ASI is which is really nice because I get to share with you kind of the, you know, the the behind-the-scenes things of what's going on. How would you like to have an event where you can actually freely invite non-Avonist people to come? And they actually want to come. Who doesn't want to go to the kind of places that we're going to? Our next event coming up, and you'll see on your table some of the flyers, our next event is at Yosemite, and our big challenge is the Half Dome. Last September, we were at the Grand Tetons. Next year, we're going to Zion National Park. We're going to places people actually want to go to. They actually want to pay money and come to. And so that's what we use to draw people in. Being part of a ministry, you know what we use to draw people in ministries? A lot of times we use big-name speakers. When we get someone like John Bradshaw, Doug Batchelor to come on in, or Mark Finley, it draws people to come, right? The thing about non-religious people, they don't know who they are. They don't know who Mark Finley is. They don't know who Doug Batchelor is. But they know what the Grand Tetons are or Zion National Park. Another thing is, because our shirts are bright and red, when we go hiking, we experience this at the Tetons, as we were hiking, and there are so many of us hiking up this trail, people are constantly asking us, who are you guys, who, what do you guys do, who are you guys? And so we decided, you know what, we're gonna print up specific F5, specific glow tracks that we can just hand out with people so we have a witnessing opportunity. Um, another thing, we talk about fellowship all the time, but when you go to Army, In the prayer room, you can meet people at mealtimes, you may meet people, but pretty much all day long, you're sitting in meetings just like this. So instead, we've got a huge focus on fellowship. We do a lot of icebreakers, a lot of games, so that when you're done, and we do less meetings, so that when you're done, you've walked away with about 20 to 50 new friends. And I think that's one of the, are probably the strongest point of why people enjoy and keep coming to Army Bible, I mean, I'm sorry, FI Challenge, because of the relationship that they're making, because the reality is people are lonely today, right? We live in a social media world, superficial relationships, and people are craving genuine face-to-face interaction. These are some of the games that we do. We try to think of outside-the-box innovative stuff that people haven't seen or done before. Someone just gave me this great idea for an icebreaker we'll be doing at the next one. You line people up in groups, and without talking, you got to line yourself from youngest to oldest. Just imagine the awkward fun that's going to be. Other thing, like I had mentioned, is you know this was from the Tetons. So we've done an event at Joshua Tree. This is a, a handful of us that summited the top of the Tetons. This was our group. We, I expected maybe 40, 50 people to show up because we had done one at Smith Rock and we had about 40, 50, and we had about 130 people show up. So this movement is just growing and growing. Another, um, and then what we do is we try to cater to everybody. So we had climbing in the morning. We set up fixed lines. So if you're a beginner or an expert climber, it doesn't matter. We'll teach you to climb. In the afternoon, we scheduled a run for the people who are runners. And from where we were rock climbing, we did a 12-mile run from there all the way to the outside of the park. Another thing that we do is we do everything we can to keep our costs down. It's expensive to go to a conference, right? And part of the reason, because we're camping a lot of times, we're able to really keep the cost down. To come to our first Grand Canyon event, registration was $25. This next event at Half Dome, which is coming up in September, it's a little bit more expensive. The early bird was $169, but considering you're in a cabin or a dorm or tent for $169, and it covers your meals, your main meals, not bad. And so we're trying to make it as accessible for people as possible. The other thing is, you know, in our church, there's a lot of emphasis on healthy eating, plant-based, vegan, vegetarianism, which is so important, but there's not that much emphasis on healthy activity and fitness. And so we want to fill that void in the church. We want to be the ones that are really encouraging people to get out there and get active. The key is find what you love to do. It could be running, it could be cycling, it could be climbing, whatever it is that gets you out and moving. Um, These are um, what the five... F stand for Faith, Fellowship, Fitness, Fortitude, and Fund. They correlate with the spiritual, emotional, physical, mental, and social, the five components of human wholeness and well-being. So that's where the name came from. I'm going to take you real quick to Thailand, Bangkok. This is Brian Awa. Brian, raise your hand. He just came out here from Thailand. This is his wife, beautiful family. And he is very engaged with F5 Challenge and is the F5 Challenge director in Thailand. And they are using F5 Challenge to connect and build bridges with the local Thai people but they've taken it to a whole nother level. They have set up a center of influence, an F5 challenge climbing center right there in Bangkok. What's so cool about this, it's six stories, 15,000 square feet, the best part, 300 feet from the 13 largest university in the world with an enrollment of over 525,000 students. I just love how they painted it red, like you can just see the building. And you should talk to Brian, get to know him, and find the story of how God provided for them to do this. The top two floors is a bouldering gym. You can see pictures here. Below is a lecture hall for health talks in church. Below is a vegan pizzeria. Under that is a smoothie juice bar, hangout spot with board games and a ping pong table in there, mainly somewhere for the students to get together and mingle. And they kicked off the grand opening June 10 with a bouldering competition. This is Eric Madoni. He's coming to our next F5 event, Half Dome, South Africa. He has taken F5 over in South Africa and run with it. They put on events. They did a health and fitness conference. It was three days, the last day. They did a three-peak challenge where you climb three different peaks or as much as you can. And here's what he messaged me. A grueling yet fun 13-hour day. We built so many new connections of unchurched people, many being vegans and who have not considered a Christian option of a people community group to connect with until now. Gary T. Roller is case in point. And this Gary T. Roller is actually coming from South Africa to our next event. In the area of health and fitness, we have a window of opportunity to present Christ as the world's attention is drawn to the space of well-being. I'm sorry I am talking so fast but there's a timer and I've got to finish within that, that timer and that's why, okay? Now, quickly. This was me 19 years ago. I was living a very I was living in the world, okay? They asked me to share, part of the things they asked me to share is um uh, you know what 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 is it that drives me to do be passionate about ministry as a layperson. And God took me out of darkness and and living in 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 a pit of despair. And he brought me into his marvelous light. I can attest to the superiority of the Christian life over the life seeped in darkness and godlessness. There's a saying that goes like this. You're either a missionary or a mission field. There's, it's just one or the other. If you're converted, you're a missionary. Now, why do I do what I do? It's for one of my favorite promises. It's the hundredfold promise in the Bible. Raise your hand if you know the hundredfold promise in the Bible. Okay, I'm sure most of you have all read at least the Gospels, Right? This hundredfold promise is mentioned two times. No one knows what the hundredfold promise is? Raise your hand. One person in the back. I see a couple, okay? This is one of my favorite promises. It's a promise from Jesus for those who follow him. Jesus says, but he shall receive a hundredfold, now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. A lot of people think that if you give up all and follow Jesus, yeah, you will gain eternal life, but the life here and now is gonna be so-so. You're gonna sacrifice Jesus is telling us the opposite. He goes, I will give you a hundredfold now in this life here. I have experienced that in my own life. Why I do ministry? It's not so I can get the hundredfold promise. It's because I've already received the hundredfold blessing in my life. And that's a whole nother... I could tell you so many stories, but for the sake of time. So you want an exciting life? Get involved in ministry. Ministry is anything but boring. My favorite acronym for faith, fantastic adventures in trusting him. My life has been one amazing adventure since serving Jesus. I am going to skip some stuff. When I first started working with Pastor Ivers, I, Myers, I knew nothing about ministry besides a local church. I set up armybiblecamp.com. I didn't even know it's supposed to be .org as a nonprofit ministry. <laughs> you learn. I learn by asking other people. The, the question they wanted to be shared was, how do I balance work Ministry work with professional work. Well, the one thing, my, I have one advice, but before I share that, is one is if you're married, keep your wife and your family happy. That is key. Okay? What good does it do to save the world and you lose your own family? And second of all, spend quality time with your children. Because if you don't, they will resent the work that you're involved with. And that will do no good. Now, my one best advice for what's worked for me in bringing success in lay ministry is a biblical principle. Delegate, delegate, delegate. It's, in the Bible, you will see that God, short of anything that requires divine, supernatural um, intervention, God would delegate. Adam, name the animals. Noah, build the ark. Jesus, go fill the, the jars with water. Remove the, the tombstone. And so this doesn't come easily for a lot of people. In my, and you, you may not always have this opportunity. In my dental practice, if, if it can be delegated out, I don't do it including bills, including uh, in, in, where I live. I don't have to do fillings. We can have licensed assistants do fillings. I've delegated everything out that allows me the freedom to be able to have time to do ministry. Now in ministry, when I set up F5 Challenge, I set up a very large team and someone asked, why do you have such a large team? Because if I don't, I have to end up doing all the loose ends. And so that's the key, delegate it out. I have never set up a 501c3. I don't even know how, I don't even want to. But I've been blessed with people on our team who enjoy doing that stuff. And so they set all that stuff up. So find the right people and delegate everything out, and you'll be able to accomplish much. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just skipping some stuff, but I'm gonna share with you this part is the part that I really wanna share because I have this platform. Challenges in the F5 ministry. One is, one of the things we want people who are part of F5, right now on Facebook, we have about 3,000, we just surpassed 3,000 members. We want people to bring their non avenist friends and come to our events. Avenist people just want to come to the events. We want them to bring their non-adventists. And how do you educate them to do that? We can't talk about it on our Facebook wall because there's a lot of non-adventists on our Facebook wall. We can't put it on our website. And if you look at the language on the, on the advertisement card, not the red ones, the bookmarks, you'll see the language and how we encourage people to invite their friends and family. But the thing is, the only way we can do that is we can just model it. That's what we're doing, we're, just mo- we're trying to model it so others see us bringing non avenous people and our messages are geared for non-adventist people. But here, I have a forum, an open, uh, a platform, where I can tell you that is the purpose of F5. So bring those people that you're friends with. And when you invite them and say, you know what, we're gonna go to the Half Dome, i we're gonna be shooting to climb the Half Dome, a lot of your friends, believe it or not, they'll be very interested. Now, of course, on our website, when they see the schedule, it's very clear that it's a Christian organization because what we don't want to do is a bait and switch, right? We don't want them thinking they're just coming for an adventure. Oh, it's a religious thing. And so, um, but it gives me an opportunity to be able to share that with you directly, that this ministry is designed to bring your non-religious, non-Avonist friends. Number two, I'd love to talk about this more. We've had interesting things happen. I only share one of them for sake of time. One of my friends, she's non-religious. She's sitting with us at Smith Rock, and she was at Grand Canyon the month before, and she goes in front of the group, and she had brought one of her non-religious friends with her, which is even better. And she goes, where do you guys Adventists come up with this thing that Jesus is coming back through the belt of the Orion? And I'm just like, who is talking about this to you? Yeah. I mean, there are so many things to talk about. She's not Adventist. There are certain Adventist things that we talk about amongst each other. And one of the things I realize is one part of it is just trying to educate our own Adventist people how to interact with non-Adventists. What's the key to learning how to do that well? Give one-on-one Bible studies. You give one-on-one Bible studies, if you're active and soul winning, you learn not to do those kinds of things. I could tell you another story, but I won't for the sake of time. And so with that, I'm going to end with just this last story. This gal, I was in the airport headed to Chattanooga I was at the little market inside the airport in the terminal, and I asked, do you guys sell any triathlon magazines? And this lady heard me talking. And she comes up to me, and she goes, I heard you asking if you're looking for a triathlon magazine. And she strikes up a conversation with me. And on her shirt, she's got Iron Man on there, so she's an Iron Man triathlete. I was actually headed to go do an Iron Man in Chattanooga. We were just chatting it up, and she wants to sit together on the airplane. So we were able to get our seats arranged, and for three hours, we were talking nonstop triathlon. That, that plane ride just flew by. And I knew that she would be a long-term contact because she said, I'm actually moving out there where you live with my husband, where they had just moved. And she goes, we can do training rides together. And she insisted that I take her heart rate monitor with me because I don't train, I didn't, I don't, I don't train with a heart rate monitor, and she insisted. So I look at her as a, as a long-term contact. When I travel, I like to carry glow, but I did not give glow to her. I want to, at this point, just build bridges with this gal. Now, she's a medical consultant who makes more money than her husband, who's a cardiothoracic surgeon. She's not the kind of lady that I really want to just be like, do you want to come to church with me? Because um, I could tell she's very irreligious. I invited her to the Grand Canyon. She was the one, she said her and her husband would like to come, and she's the one of the ones that said, I'm not religious, but can I come? She was not able to come. Later on, we did a Tough Mudder event. She came and met a bunch of people, and then I invited her to our event at Smith Rock. See, that's how I'm going to get her to go to church, because we have church at our events. And she sent me an email, and and I'm praying for her. And just before the day before our event, she goes, I don't think I'm going to come. I'm atheist, and I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And I said to her, you're not going to make us feel uncomfortable, but if you're going to feel uncomfortable, I totally understand. And she decided to come. She had a great time. And people ministered to her, and on our way home, and up to this point, I've never had a spiritual talk with her. As I'm driving her home and it's just me and her, she starts opening up how she grew up Catholic and at one time she wanted to be a nun, but the pain that she'd experienced in her own life. And she was sharing how she'd never heard of Seventh day Adventist before. And just opening. And so you can see what we do with this ministry is that we're able to build bridges with people. Someone like her that might be very difficult. And the thing is, you know, I I offered to do Bible studies with her, you know. Um, I don't know what God's gonna do with her in her life. God's not finished with her. But you see what we're trying to do with this ministry is to make connections and build bridges. I'm gonna close with this last quote. All who are consecrated to God will be channels of light. God makes them his agents to communicate to others the riches of his grace. Our influence upon others depends not so much upon what we say as upon what we are. Men may combat and defy our logic, they may resist our appeals, but a life of disinterested love is an argument they cannot gainsay. A consistent life characterized by the meekness of Christ is a power in the world. And so it is my prayer that all of us will be consecrated to God, showing a life of disinterested love. Thank you for your time. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org.